Are you wandering in the wilderness? Or are you a voice in the wilderness? Welcome to the Revival Cry podcast. This is your host, Eric Miller. Isaiah 40 verse 3 says, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. The goal of this podcast is to encourage you to use the voice God has given you to make Jesus famous. Every week, we will share principles from the Word of God, interviews, and encouragement in order to strengthen your voice. Thank you for joining me today. And now here is today's podcast. Hey, everyone, and welcome to Revival Cry. This is your host, Eric Miller, and I'm thrilled to have you with me here today. You know, I've done a lot of interviews lately, and it's been such an honor talking to different missionaries and great men and women of God. There's people that the Lord is raising up, I believe, as end-time watchmen, and he's He's planting them around the world. And I've got one of my favorite people here, Christian Rosencrantz. Christian, say hi to everybody today. Hello. It's so great to see you. And I hope you will be greatly blessed by the Holy Spirit. Christian, where are you from originally? Actually, I'm from Switzerland. I was born in Switzerland, the land of mountains, cows, and chocolate. And And chocolate. (laughs) (laughs) It, It must be so beautiful there. It is. It is. It's amazing. God's creation. Somebody said uh, where Switzerland is, that's where God kissed Europe. You're a missionary to the nation of Japan. And we're going to talk about different testimonies, how God got you there. But what was it like for Christian growing up in Switzerland? You know, did you grow up in a Christian home? You know, did when did you encounter Jesus? What was life like for you growing up? So I grew up in a Christian home, in a traditional good uh, Pentecostal church. Went to church every Sunday because my parents, they were so faithful bringing me every Sunday. But in my heart, I was far away from God. I, my thoughts were just into mountains, crystals, money. Really? And comics and i i really didn't have the love of god at all in my heart even when i took pictures i love to take pictures i only took pictures of animals or mountains never of people really very beautiful area very nice people around of me i was really spoiled i was loved in the church and and loved by my parents really good growing up i knew that god exists i knew that god loves me in my head but I didn't have a really relationship with God. So growing up in Switzerland, you you have this beautiful family growing up, appreciation for nature and things like that. What was it that kept you from being fully surrendered to Jesus? I, I saw in the church so many fightings, like even my parents actually were fighting every time before we went to church service. And I knew like I need to believe Jesus to go heaven. But I thought, I will wait till I'm 80 years old, and until then I want to enjoy my life a little bit and explore the world. And then when I'm 80, I give my life to Jesus. So in your mind, to really be a Christian meant, you know, basically going to church, but not really experiencing the life that God has set apart for us. And it, it seems like you weren't really interested in surrendering yourself to the Lord, you wanted to be 
on an adventure. You wanted to do something with your life. You didn't realize that being a disciple of Jesus actually is a tremendous adventure. And it sounds like some different issues with family and in the church. I, I think a lot of people can really relate to that. Right, right. Go, I was sitting ahead. in the church service, just waiting till the church service is over and then can do my own thing outside in the nature and having fun time. So was there any like real controlling sin uh, that really made you a slave of some sort that you would say? What, what kind of things was it that really kept you from the Lord? Basically, self-righteousness. I was really like thinking I'm a good person. I didn't do drugs. I didn't do sex. I didn't do anything else. But I, I judged other people. I observed them and criticized. And wow. even my own parents, I criticized, which I repented afterwards. You know the story of the rich young ruler? When Jesus meets this young man, and Jesus is sharing the word, and he comes up to him and says, you know, I've kept all these laws that you said I need to keep. He said, what else is there that I could do? And Jesus told him to go sell everything he has and give give it all to the poor and come and follow me. Exactly, exactly what I thought, you know. That, and, that was like your testimony. Yes to Jesus, he will say to me, okay, now leave everything and go to Africa and be missionary there. Wow. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? And he takes you all the way not to Africa was closer than Japan. <laughs> he took you farther away. And, uh, actually, God has humor. Like <laughs> in the middle of our ministry in, in Japan, we went for one year to Africa as a missionary. Really? And I really enjoyed it. It was such a good time. Wow, that's amazing. So when you were out there on the mission field, what was that doing for your adventurous desire? Like, what did you feel like you were seeing that you didn't expect to see? Like how really God is is uh, making a way, how he brings people to us in a supernatural way and how he how he gives people desire to serve God yeah. and to give their lives to God, which, which always motivates me again and again to give my life to God. Yeah. Just uh, to, see, to see people becoming excited for Jesus, receiving the joy of the Lord, changed wow. lives. Yeah. This is really what excites me the most. And it's like an adventure, really, to see how God can turn around like Yakuza people, like uh, criminals or suicidals or hikikomoris, wow. those who withdraw themselves for uh, wow. for life into their houses, how they become open, how they become friendly, how they can step out and change lives. And so you just said that a few times. You said change lives. When was it that God changed your life? When you knew, I'm born again, I'm surrendered to the Lord. And I was 16 years old, October 25th, that day when I, I went to the church and I remember the altar call was there and, and I knew I have to stand up and wow. you have to surrender my life. I didn't want in my heart, but I knew I have to. So I obeyed the inner voice and went forward. I couldn't even pray. Pastor prayed everything for me and but in that moment, such a joy came over me, such a peace, such a such a liberty, such a love. I felt like I can hug the whole world. And on that wow. day, actually, I went up to my mother and 
hugged her for the first time. Really? Said, said her, I became a Christian today. Wow. <laughs> Even my name is Christian. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. So your parents must have been so encouraged or surprised. They are very happy until today. So mm. when you gave your life to the Lord at 16, did you go on your missions trip first to Africa or did you go to the Brownsville Revival after that? No, I did some mission trips before, like one was to Tunisia, one was to Romania with King's Kids. And all those mission trips I did really also transformed my life to some ways, which gave me a greater passion to experience the true thing and to experience wow. experience not head knowledge, but really, really want to have hard knowledge, not that's knowing it. the Lord. You know, that's so awesome that you say that. Yeah, I'm sure you remember as well as I do during the Brownsville revival. I always remember Steve Hill saying that people know all about God, but they don't know God. And people grow up in church. I, I thought I knew the Lord. I prayed prayers. I I went to vacation Bible school. I went on a missions trip. If people have heard my podcast for any time, they knew I became a youth pastor and I wasn't fully surrendered to the Lord. But then it's like what you said, you get born again, God opens your eyes. You start to love people, see life differently, that you have an incredible purpose, destiny, and calling that God has in your life. Sounds like that's what happened to you at 16, and here you are going on missions trips already. When was it that you actually went to Pensacola? It was in the year 99 in September, I remember. How yeah. old were you? I was 28 years old. Okay. So about 12 years after you were born again. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was a pretty long journey. Yes. And so what drew you to Pensacola? Actually, I had a really desire after I graduated from my university. I really had a desire in 97 to, to do something for, a, for the Lord, to find His will. So I went to Argentina. There was a big revival back yeah. then. I really wanted, I wanted to know God's direction. I didn't have the freedom to go Bible school back then because I didn't know my goal yet of my life. But there in Argentina, God really touched my heart so much and and I knew I, I am going to be a missionary for the Lord. I knew I'm going to serve the Lord. Let me ask you this. When you said you graduated from university, what did you go to the university for? What did you graduate with? I graduated with uh, geology. Like I really loved stones, crystals, as really? I said in the beginning, mountains and weather. Isn't that amazing? I didn't know that, bro. I, I really love the nature because you can see God behind behind it so much and and also to travel in different beautiful places in the world we went to hawaii a year and a half ago for the first time and while i was there the lord gave me a book to write and it was called hearing god through his creation and it's a 30-day devotional because i think that people have a hard time even if they're going to church they're hearing mm. the word they're involved they don't really know if there is a God until you experience him. In Romans 1, it says we know there's a God because of creation around mm -hmm. us and what we see. And whether you live in a place as beautiful as Switzerland or as difficult as a desert somewhere in the world, you can look around you and know there's a God. 
I'm really mm. fascinated that you had this type of desire and and how the Lord eventually calls you to Pensacola. You go there in 99. Now, did you go there just for the revival or were you going to start the school there? I, I was going to start the school there because I really wanted to be trained, not with my head, but in my heart. Amen. To experience revival, to experience the power of God, and and to receive receive so much from God, so that I can give it away to other people wow. in other nations. So you're a graduate of university with a degree in geology, and now God calls you to lay that down and come follow Him, so that your heart could be revived and strengthened and you can learn more about Jesus. I think it's just amazing. The the places that God calls people out of, you know, there's probably somebody listening to us right now. They're a professional of some sort and they know there's a calling of God upon their life and they're not really sure what to do with it. Look friend, we're not saying you just got to leave everything and follow Jesus. Maybe what God has you doing now you can use that in some way to fulfill the mission and purpose and plan that he has for your life. But maybe he is calling you to drop everything and follow him, just like Christian did. So you go to the school of ministry, you're there experiencing revival. What was it like to be in that atmosphere? Well, it was uh, very easy to pray for me. It was a really a prayer atmosphere there. Yeah. I think the most thing I got out of, of these three years there was, was the spirit of prayer. I really loved prayer. Wow. Uh, even after the classes in the orange or blue, remember? Yeah, oh yeah, I remember. I went always to the prayer chapel, this little prayer chapel in the campus. And I wow. skipped the food and I just prayed till 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock wow. before I go bed. And I just had a great desire for seeing seeing God using me and and I also God brought more and more friends together with me. We prayed together for for really seeing the great harvest to see thousands of souls. Like one of them was actually Daniel Kalenda. Isn't that amazing? We just saw him this past weekend at the Light the Fire Again conference in Pensacola. Uh, we saw Robbie Leaf, uh, our Native American. Yeah, my roommate. Also Your my roommate. roommate. Yes. <laughs> the the people that God touched and has sent around the world who are impacting millions for the gospel. You know, some people are impacting more people than others. But the fact of the matter is, when you surrender your life to Jesus, you're just like, I don't care. Just do with me whatever you want to do, because I love you. And however you want to use me, here I am. It's like you said, the environment was so full of the presence of God that it was just like Isaiah 6 experience, where we're like, wow, we see the Lord high and lifted up. We see our own sin. God keeps dealing with it. And we keep coming to this point of surrender saying, Lord, here am I. Send me. Right. Do with me whatever you want to do. So you're out there, you're experiencing the revival. At what point do you feel a call towards Japan? Well, I got married with a Japanese. Yeah. But with Naomi in right after the graduation of of the okay. school. And we went for one year Switzerland with the goal that after one year 
we are going into the missions with our friends, which yeah. I prayed with. In the meantime, actually, everybody got married and so on. So, so um, uh, we decided to go anyway, even just us two. We just yeah. didn't know where to go. But in this time, we, we went to Japan for our, for our uh, wedding, second wedding kind of. Okay. Like reception and we yeah. use it also as a preaching platform so i <laughs> preached on my own wedding and that's awesome and there, there was one person there who never heard the gospel before really and she was a friend of his of somebody who knew us and she had no connection to christianity at all i i just preached i remember i i just preached the gospel and and we gave everyone a, a wedding little bit of wedding souvenir yeah like a tea bag and with our picture on it and the Bible verse. And she put this in her room and she was like every day watching at it and hoping that she can see us again. Wow. But we didn't know that we will go to Japan for mission back then. But we came back to Switzerland and we, we just uh, went through the up and downs of our marriage. And after one big, big crash, a little bit in the wedding, uh, usually sometimes before big things happen, there's also a little bit of struggle and warfare. Sure. <laughs> and right after that, in the car, as we were driving the car, something came in me and said, Nomi, we are going to Japan. Wow. Let's go Japan mission. And Come then on. things started to happen in my heart. In, within, in this, this is the first half year of our marriage. And then the second half year in Switzerland, God really worked the things in me. And, and at one point, we went to Herrenhut in uh, oh, yeah. Germany. Where the they Moravian. For years, 24 hours. And there in the night, I received a vision from God. I was kind of sleeping, kind of awake. But I saw crystal clear the map of Japan. Wow. And everywhere in Japan, there were some little flames flame dots from the south to the north so many flame dots which grew bigger and bigger to a big fire so i knew that this represents the prayer of people i didn't yes. know back then this is our our fruits or our work we have to do i thought it's a, just a channel <laughs> revival well, that's amazing bro and and so you're getting all stirred up for japan now god's moving your hearts towards that nation. Tell the people what Japan is like. I mean, are there a lot of Christians there? Are there very few? What do you have to say about the needs I mean, in Japan? Japan is the best mission field in the whole world, I would say. Totally untouched with Christianity, even though wow. they had so many missionaries, so many workers here already in these last hundred years. But when you go on the streets... Basically, people never heard the gospel before, never heard about Jesus. So you're always the first one wow. who talks with them. It's completely unchurched, completely unreached, I would say. Very few people. And the situation in the church is it's not so much evangelism in the churches around, yeah. and uh, they're growing older and dying out from the last wow. revival they had around 40, 50 years ago. And then the new generation uh, is going into the world, getting hikikomori or suicidal or yeah. no vision. So we invite those young people to the church, give them vision. And recently, when you ask them who wants to receive the love of God, everybody raises their hands. They're wow. very open in Japan. Would you say that it's less than one or two percent Christian? 
Uh, they say it's 0.5% Christians. Some people say 1%. Wow. Some people say uh, there are some Christians who are not registered, but so they're saying wow. there are some more Christians. So we don't know exactly, but I can yeah. say that out of this 0.5% Christians, there are not many people really on fire for Jesus. You know what's amazing is that we've been going every year up until 2020 into different parts of Japan, and I've seen exactly what you're talking about, but you guys are living there, and you're pouring out on college campuses, you're planning churches. How long have you guys been in Japan now? What has your ministry seen so far? So now we have been, uh, since 2003, we have been in Japan. Almost 20 years. 20, 19, 20 years almost, yes. Wow. As I said, like this one student we met in our wedding reception. Yeah. When we came back to Japan, we we uh, prayed and ate food, prayed and ate food. People even around us said, what are you doing here? Just <laughs> praying and eating food and uh, go home to Switzerland. <laughs> but we, we just cried before God. God, I know that you have a purpose. I know. And we also sometimes evangelized on the street. And then one time we... This one person who came to our wedding reception saw me on the street, said, I know you. And that's the beginning of a relationship. And we, we told her the gospel. She got saved within three months. And then with her, we started our church. Come on, that's awesome. Know me, me, Sain, who was just less than one year old. Yeah. And then Yoko, that's her name. That was in Miyazaki. For 14 wow. years, we were there. Which is amazing because we knew nothing about Miyazaki until our common friend Kumi, who was translating for us in Okinawa when we were there, pleaded with us to come to Miyazaki. So we started going there. We ended up meeting you guys there, which we we didn't really know each other well during the revival, but we knew each other and we're part of Fire International and all those things. It was in Miyazaki that the Lord was really stirring our daughter, Sierra, to move to Japan to be a missionary. She was 14 when God started to stir her heart. She's now 24, and she's going to be presented as a missionary with Fire International this October uh, 2022, and she'll be moving to Miyazaki in April of 2023. You know, revival has to start from Miyazaki because uh, Shintoism also started from Miyazaki. Really? Um, Wow. And we, we really went up there, we did spiritual warfare, we bind the strong men of Japan, because there's a tremendous spiritual warfare going on, even right now. Wow. Like, even though people are very kind and nice, but the demonic powers really blinds people's hearts so that they can open up their hearts or share their struggles. So there we prayed and, and really things started to happen in the spiritual realm, even until today. You guys have planted churches in Miyazaki, in Fukuoka also? Yes. And now in Tokyo? Yes. It's really amazing. Folks don't realize and appreciate so much who may not have been there, understand Japanese culture, the challenges that you face in a country that has really no revival history, very little, except like you said, maybe 40, 50 years ago. And, and then and 400 years ago with Francis Xavier. Right, with all those Francis Xavier, right. And, and so, and it's such a small percentage, but God is stirring the hearts of people 
like Naomi and Christian that have gone there and people are getting visions and calling. I really believe, like you said earlier, bro, that Japan is going to be an end time harvest field that I believe is going to experience not only great revival, but an incredible missions movement. I, and I really, I, I really also, I can see that God is raising up Japanese people as the end time harvesters for the whole world. Yeah. They're now learning English. They have a passport. They can travel in every country like no other country. Wow. And and uh, they have tremendous favor in all nations right now. So I, I, I really believe that God has saved Japan for the last harvest which wow. will bring great revival over the whole world. I remember what... in 2004 when our common friend Junko came to the Philippines with a team. The last night they were there, I had a vision and I saw a picture of this tsunami wave, which was a wave of revival, not destruction, because Japan has a lot of earthquakes and uh, known to have tsunami waves in the past, that I saw this wave come across the east coast of the nation and it swept across the entire nation, picked up all these Japanese people, and then the water spread all throughout Asia, Europe, and the nations of the world. And Japanese people found themselves in other countries that they never thought they would go to. But it was that revival wave that took them to these places. You guys are stirring the pot. God is using you in this place. How can people follow what you're doing and pray for you guys, maybe support what you're doing? How can they contact you? So we have a webpage, www.jesuscall.net. Okay. And uh, you can really also support us by just coming short-term missions Wow. To our place, help us with with uh, teaching English or or other ways in the ministry, and help us to to because foreigners have tremendous favor in yeah, Japan. Right, tremendous. They can make friends right away with Japanese, and they bring such a good atmosphere. That's exactly what we need. Wow, that's amazing. Listen, I hate that we have to end this so abruptly, but friends, we're gonna put links up to where you can contact Christian Naomi and get behind their work today. Bro, thank you so much for being with us today. We love you guys. Can't wait to be in Japan again with you soon. And I can't wait to see you again in Japan very soon. We love you, bro. Listen, we you. we'll be in touch. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We love you. See you next week. Thank you for listening to Revival Cry with Eric Miller. Please subscribe, rate, and write a review for this podcast on iTunes, cpnshows.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. To find out more or partner with our missions work around the world, please visit us at revivalcry.org. I look forward to being with you next week. Revival.